This is Trends and Issues in Instructional Design, Educational Technology, and Learning Science, hosted by Abby Brown and Tim Green. Hi, this is Tim, and I'm here with Abby. Hi, this is Abby, and I'm here with Tim. Welcome to episode 206 of our podcast, where we review the trends and issues in instructional design, educational technology, and learning sciences that we observed as we flipped resources into our Flipboard magazine over the past two weeks. In this episode, we have four trends that we are going to share, along with a recommended reading that goes with each of the four trends. We end the episode, as we do with all our episodes, by peering into the crystal ball and making predictions about the trends we believe we'll observe in the upcoming two weeks. So Abby, start us off by talking about our four trends and sharing our recommended readings. Thank you, Tim. Yes, we have four trends. As always, what we've done, as you've just said, is we've looked at all of the articles we flipped these last two weeks, and we've uh, done a kind of a quick content analysis, and we've come up with the four things that we think are the, the trends that we see. So number one, not unusual for us, is hardware and software developments, announcements about hardware and software updates uh, and, and um, releases. So we see, uh, well, Apple had a big event just a few days ago, and they announced in particular the Mac Studio, which was a new studio monitor, uh, as opposed to sort of an all-in-one iMac. They were talking about the studio monitor as well as a Mac, an updated Mac Mini that forms the studio. It's an expensive proposition, even by Mac standards, but it is um, really designed for very high-end power users. We saw new Lenovo ThinkPads reviewed. We saw Samsung's Galaxy Tab S Plus reviewed. We saw an interesting um, comparison of keyboard and mouse combinations uh, reviewed by Laptop Magazine. We saw an interesting article about the lack of excitement over 5G. Apparently, according to this article, when 3G had been announced, it was very exciting uh, to most of us in the ed tech and the tech community. But 5G doesn't seem to have the same uh, enthusiastic response. We saw uh, Instagram updating with automatic video captioning. TikTok increased its maximum video length to 10 minutes. And our recommended read in this area is uh, for Windows. Windows 11 will soon have a pre-installed video editing tool called ClipChamp by Adrian Podoraoka for TechSpot. Once again, I apologize if I'm mispronouncing any names, but ClipChamp apparently was a, a piece of software that was purchased by micro, Microsoft and is going to be added into Windows 11 and takes over the, the now, I guess, transitioned out. They don't do Windows Media Producer anymore, so or Media Maker. This is, um, this is new, but it's going to be the thing that allows people to edit on the fly uh, video. It looks very promising. Number two, our second trend, security and citizenship. Again, no stranger to our list of uh, trends, uh, top trends, security and citizenship has been for the past few years uh, a trending topic for us. At the moment, security in particular has been focused on uh, the conflict with Russia and Ukraine. And so what we're seeing is a lot of articles, we didn't flip many of these articles, but we see them everywhere right now, is uh, a number of articles that 
are focused on the concern about cyber attacks from Russia or cyber attacks that or sort of counterattacks that the U.S. might uh, put out that would then get counter counterattacked back toward the West. So we're, there's a tremendous concern about uh, security in general in the, in the tech world. What we saw that was specifically interesting to us as educational technology focused folks was easy things to do to increase personal data security. How to use a password manager was one, a very good article on the subject. There were also uh, two good articles just the last few days in the New York Times, how to secure Mac devices and how to secure PC devices, two different articles that were uh, quite a good overview of security for those devices. Google posted details of its security response to the war in Ukraine, the safety and security of its employees, users, and customers. It's trying to make it clear that there's, uh, Google is trying to make it clear that they're trying to protect everyone involved uh, as much as they can. President Biden, called on Congress to enhance child safety on social media platforms. There's also a bipartisan group of U.S. attorneys general who are investigating TikTok's possible harmful effects on young people. Our recommended read in this area focuses very specifically on the academic community, though, and literally in the title. The article is called Who Owns Your Academic Community? by Jeffrey Lawrence for the Chronicle of Higher Education. And Tim, you and I had been talking about this a little before right. we started uh, recording, that this is a very interesting and we would say important article to, for everybody who's at, in the academic community mm -hmm. to read. Because one of the things it points out, and it's something that's been coming out more and more often in, in other articles about social media, is the fact that social media is a marketing tool. It's owned by companies that primarily are engaged in marketing. And so uh, when we say that it's an academic community in one of these social media uh, platforms, we're really saying that we're providing a lot of data to that platform for marketing purposes. How much of this is actually turning into um, reliable research reporting uh, among us as as academics. And is that important? I mean, I, and I ask that not rhetorically, but I'm asking it mm -hmm. as a sort of a practical question of like, is that what it's meant to do? Or maybe it's meant to do something completely different, which is practical and continues to do so. We, it, it just, it begs the question more than it does, anything yeah. else. It is something that our, our, our community should be talking about for sure. It is something that we should be engaging in discussion and it's a good discussion starter. Mm -hmm. Number three. Metaverse. Oh, goodness. We've been hearing about the metaverse for a few <laughs> months now. It's been popping we have. up. <laughs> but in this case, it's metaverse as along with virtual reality, augmented mm -hmm. reality, and mixed reality. We saw um, uh, an article uh, that I, I personally thought was kind of fun, uh, which is about Ice Age animals, <laughs> animals that had been cataloged in the La Brea tar pits, uh, modeled for augmented reality. So if you would like a saber-toothed tiger in your living room just to see what it looked like, there it is. Um, we also saw that Meta is asking for a collaborative effort to build network infrastructure that supports a metaverse. Um, and we had to sort of pause here and, <laughs> yeah. and chuckle just a little bit because I was thinking, 
Well, yeah. So uh, typically a car maker likes good roads. Right. So, <laughs> so um, meaning no disrespect yeah. to Meta and no disrespect to the network infrastructure that is required. But it's, an, it's, it's not a surprising ask from Meta. And it made us chuckle. And it made us chuckle. There's a VR charter school, uh, the first one, very I cool. think, launched in Florida. Uh, and uh, that's, that's very interesting. Our uh, recommended read in this area, though, is college could take place in the metaverse, but these problems must be overcome first by Nir Isakovitz for The Conversation. And again, it's one of those interesting reads. Uh, and as we always say, if you can only read one thing about this particular trend or topic, this is the one to read because it does raise a number of questions and point out a number of issues about teaching in a virtual environment. So um, uh, excellent read on the, on the subject. Our fourth and final trend is teaching and instructional design generally. So we saw a number of articles that just had to do with uh, good practices in teaching, good practices in instructional design, and news from teaching and instructional design networks. So for example, we saw a great article on Minecraft used for teaching. The preposition of the article is that uh, Minecraft can be used to teach just about anything, um, but with some interesting case uh, examples. There was also an article about using online quizzes and the tools available to create them. This was very interesting, Tim. You and I were, were fascinated by this. Google's Sundar Pichai announced a $100 million Google Career Certificates Fund. And as we had been discussing earlier, you and me, before we started recording, these, uh, these kind of initiatives from these large corporations are forcing people to ask the question, do I want to go to college? Right. Do I need to go to college? Or is it enough that I go through, say, a certificate program mm -hmm. uh, within, say, a Microsoft or a Google? But um, it's an interesting question, and it also raises the question, how much should universities be paying attention to this sort of thing as an alternate uh, uh, aspect of, of offering courses and certificates itself? I'm going to say with $100 million put into it by Google, I think it's going to be something they're thinking about. Well, right? I would hope. I mean, right. <laughs> yeah, and the article, right? again, the article is really interesting it because is. it does point out that this is, from an end user standpoint, it's only cost maybe $250 right. to go mm -hmm. through this process and become certified. And that's, that's great training, but uh, college is for education, not necessarily for training. So it's, again, this larger question yeah. about these things. Um, the Extreme Tech Challenge is partnering with UNICEF for a UNICEF Tech Award. Now, unfortunately, we're learning about this just as the uh, due date is coming up because the submissions for this year are due by March 15th, which may be too late for anybody listening to actually engage with this year's competition. But it's worth looking at the Extreme Tech Challenge competitions because they are annual. So, um, the, the it, and it's... It's interesting to see the partnering with UNICEF for an ed tech oriented award and could have a lot. It could mean a lot of good things for for learning for young people around the world. There was an interesting article, also a case study type of article, teaching war surgery to Ukrainian medics over Zoom. A British surgeon is, is helping uh, Ukrainian medics by teaching them the specifics of war surgery using Zoom as the as the teaching medium. 
There was also an article on keeping the best pandemic teaching methods as students and teachers come back to physical spaces. So once again, we talked about this a little in our last episode, Tim, mm -hmm. uh, this idea that the post-pandemic review of what worked and what didn't, what we should keep and what we should right. allow to sort of fall away. Our recommended read in this area, though, is Tech Fatigue is Real for Teachers and Students. Here's How to Ease the Burden by Allison Klein for Education Week. This is an interesting article about this concept of tech fatigue that, that again, in a pandemic or in a situation where one is using uh, these kind of online tools for great lengths of time, there is a tremendous amount of fatigue that goes along with this that, that can be generated and how to mitigate that. Uh, so yes, once again, if you can only read one article this, uh, this week, these two weeks, on the subject of teaching and instructional design, we suggest looking into tech fatigue. And Tim, those are our four trends and our four recommended readings. Thanks, Abby. And now we turn our attention to peering into the crystal ball and uh, looking at examining the trends that we believe we'll observe in the upcoming two weeks. And as we normally do, we talk before we come on air. Mm. Again, if you followed us for any time or any length of time, you're going to know that one of the ongoing trends is hardware and software. Hardware and software, yeah. yes. Um, we also believe that security and citizenship, especially security, is going to be something that we're going to continue to see. Yes. And But there's some other things that we talked about as well. Well, yes. We, we, we were looking at online teaching and learning. Typically, right. that pops up fairly high. It does. And it didn't really, per se, as a, as a formal trend here. So right. we look forward to seeing that again. We, and we we strongly suspect we will. Yeah. Also, yes, like you said, Tim, about like online security, but the citizenship aspect of yeah. things, I think, is something that people are asking themselves more and more about. And mm -hmm. we're going to see more and more articles on the inc the increasing conversation about the trustworthiness and the usefulness right. of social media. Mm -hmm. um, and that and, and we're not suggesting it isn't useful or isn't trustworthy. We're suggesting that one that there are ways of approaching it and understanding what is and may not be uh, uh, trustworthy and useful uh, approaches, but that we're seeing more and more of that come out right. as part of a conversation. Yep. Uh, yeah. Uh, and the rest of the crystal ball is a bit murky from here. That's, that's what we've got so far. Yeah. Well, that brings us to the conclusion of our episode 206 of our podcast. We'd like to thank those who follow and view our Flipboard magazine, and we also greatly appreciate our podcast subscribers. You can listen to past episodes of our podcast and find the links to the recommended readings that we discussed in this episode by visiting our website at trendsandissues.com. Our next episode will air on March 30th. This podcast is produced by Professor Abby Brown at East Carolina University and Professor Tim Green at California State University, Fullerton. Copyright Abby Brown and Tim Green, 2019-2020.